she's on a passionate mission to change the lives of women. Since her days where she felt lost, had no one to confide in, had issues with body image and a terrible relationship with food, she now helps women to re-love themselves. On her journey of self-realization, she's participated in multiple fitness competitions, spoken on stages across Ontario, run boot camps for hundreds of clients, and provided professional makeup artist services for photo shoots, competitions, models, and magazines. These journeys and experiences have given her the expertise to help you achieve your own goals, whether it be to lose weight, connect on a deeper level with your loved ones, or to learn just how important it is to take time for yourself. You'll feel amazing, beautiful, and strong. Welcome to Relove and Rise. This is your life coach, Amanda Gazzola. Hello, this is Relove and Rise, and this is Amanda Gazzola. I am here with head coach and founder of Dreams Fitness, Scott McClelland. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Thank you so much for coming in on such a busy day. This is amazing. I'm so excited to have you on because seriously, you were a mentor to me. I've had the privilege of working with Scott uh, for the past couple of years and he's honestly why I'm here talking to you right now and being confident in the woman that I am. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to get to know Scott McClelland a little bit better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to know how it all started, the health and fitness, how it all started. Um, I definitely started, it started a long time ago. And it kind of stemmed from my, other, my older brothers inspired me. They went to the gym. My sister went to the gym. You know, they did the tanning. Uh... I would see them come home and, you know, they'd have like their workout bags, their gym bags. And I remember just being like 10 years old and being like, man, I can't wait till I'm 14 so I can like go train and go tan and like and all this stuff. GTL. Yeah, GTL. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I want to do that. But um, so, but I was a very heavy set kid. So by, I think it was around grade, uh, grade nine, I was around 207 pounds, which uh, I held it fairly well. Like, you wouldn't, you know, I, I think I, yeah, I held it well. And uh, I remember me and my brother were on a road trip in BC, and he's like, oh, step on the scale. He's like, oh, my God, Scott, you're 200 some pounds. And right there, I was like, okay, I got to get, I got to get my stuff in gear, right? So that's where it all kind of kicked off for me. And I had this, like, extreme weight loss where I didn't eat, and I got down to, like, 172. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like how long? Uh, very quick. Like, it was one of those, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to just really, like, not eat and drink water. And uh, and then I got to, like, that weird kind of, like, where everyone's kind of staring at you. And they're like, you okay? And you lost a lot of weight. And then I gradually kind of built myself back up to this nice weight. And then... Uh, and that's where it all stemmed from. And then there was competing and all that stuff afterwards, too. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Had no idea. Yeah. So, yes, you competed and you started at what age? Uh, so, I started competing at, um, that would have been 17. And my brother called me four weeks from the show. And he goes, hey, I'm going to do a fitness show, like, because he was dieting. He didn't know if he was going to do it. And then he actually was like, I'm going to go for it. Four weeks away, he's like, do you want to do it? So he called me that night. He said, this is what you're going to eat. And it was like egg whites and oatmeal in the morning. It was lean ground (laughs) turkey with a spinach salad. Like, he basically told me the most, like, generic diet to eat. 
for the same thing for four weeks. And that night I went out for like a 30 minute run, um, trained every day, you know, was on this like mission. I had nothing else on my mind but a bodybuilding show. And then bodybuilding to me was like Ronnie Coleman, right? Yes. So I thought I was going to get peeled to the bone. Like I thought four weeks of training was like, I'm shredded, I'm going to be cut, there's veins everywhere. And I ended up winning it, but it certainly wasn't... The healthy. The, it, well, I wasn't the Ronnie Coleman <laughs> that I thought I, would, I was going to I was gonna be. It was very much a softer, like, leaner look. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Like, it, it, was, it was fun. It was a good experience. I, very, I did a lot of things wrong that I think helped me kind of develop uh, a zest to find out the right ways to do it. Yes, you definitely have... Scott was definitely the first one to actually look at my diet and start from scratch and peel back that onion and yeah. he amazed me at how much lifestyle could be a part of a diet to even mm -hmm. do a competition but in a way where you're preparing yourself for 12 to 18 to 22 weeks as yeah. opposed to just four weeks. Yeah, it's it's a lot different now like when you know the, the right way to do it. it you know, there's so many different diets that you can do. There's so many different techniques that you can do. Uh, speed is a factor of in terms of how hard, how fast you have to go to stay motivated versus how long and drawn out can it be. Most people, some people can't do 22 weeks. Mm -hmm. Some people do better at 12 weeks because they want to go hard. They want to get in and get out. Some yeah. people want it low and slow. And uh, it's different. I've done both ways, which I think helps out a lot. Yeah, totally. So you have much more empathy and understanding of how someone feels. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's definitely a, a gift that you carry that mm -hmm. I've noticed throughout all my coaches. I've had probably about four or five coaches, and there's something to be said about you and how your approach is where you have an understanding, but you also have a gift to knowing much more empathy and understanding of a person. I'm saying that word again because I had not met a coach that had your type of compassion mm -hmm. in regards to someone and where they're at and understanding. So when where I'm going with this is for women out there, because this mm -hmm. is more towards women, mm -hmm. what is the best way to, when someone's trying to start their routine and start their success when they want to do weight loss what do you do what would you say to you what do you say to your clients to be honest not not much because you need to find out most people start off extremely motivated so what they do is something triggers them they go there's some type of motivational factor that triggers them right and they go that's it i'm done i'm either done with uh putting on weight or i'm done eating like crap i'm done feeling sluggish and my, a lot of my technique is, okay, how long can I keep this person, or how long is this mo person motivated for? Mm -hmm. I've got plenty of people who message me in, and I've sent them stuff, and then I don't hear back from them. So they actually haven't corrected their pattern yet. If someone's truly motivated, they're motivated for life now, you know? And what I would suggest is not going too hard right off the bat. I do think you need to take everything into consideration, training, nutrition, um, daily routines, all that into a factor, but don't flip your world upside down because your schedule hasn't adjusted to it yet. You find the main factors that are actually hindering your results and you start working at it. 
So, you know, let's say if somebody goes on the computer and they look at, you know, the keto diet's very big right now. Yes. They go on and they go, oh my God, keto diet. I've heard this was the best thing. Tomorrow, no carbs. No carbs. Well, if you have a family that eats carbs, if you eat carbs, if you don't know how to do the diet, if you don't know what the diet is exactly, don't do it because you're setting yourself up for failure. So my recommendation is make this like a process. Take the first four weeks to see if you truly are motivated. Start understanding, you know, get a, get a piece of paper out that goes, what's wrong? What's happening yes. in my life right now? Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Is it nutrition? Maybe it's not nutrition. Maybe it's stress. Maybe it's sleep. Maybe the sleep pattern is what's affecting your nutrition. Is it meal prep? Like, do you really need to go to an extreme of, you know, cutting out all carbs if you just meal prepped? And it could be as simple as just for the four weeks, hey, get more vegetables in. Mm -hmm. Go for your daily walks. Don't try to do everything all at once because you will fail and this isn't for everybody. Some people actually Some do people do it. Some people can. Yeah. Yep. But most people... Don't do everything all at once and try to understand the reasoning why you're doing it. Try to figure out the reasoning why you're doing certain things. Well, why are you having this, this meal at this time? Or why are you having this? Because someone said it? Well... That you need to you, you need the education on it, right? Hundred yeah. percent. So most people, I'm just chiming in there because there's always a reason more than just losing weight. Because once mm -hmm. you lose that weight, there's still other factors that come into play that really hinder you know your and discourage you mm -hmm. from getting that success that you're looking for. And a lot of people, like you know, women, um, you know, I'll say men have a lot of stuff to put up with as well too, but. You know, a lot of women in terms of, you know, um, there's, a, there's a lot of factors in, in daily life, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're, you know, if you work 50 hours, like there's so many, if you have kids, you know, you're typically taking care of a lot of the kids a lot and then, and then you have to work and all that. Like you have to really find the pattern of nutrition and training that suits your life. Yes. And that's why I always say, like, you know, right off the bat, don't do don't do a ton. And that goes a lot against what people say because start putting these pieces together. It's just like a business plan, right? So you yes. put your business plan together and then you execute. Yep. You go over the next 90 days. Well, what am I going to do in these first 30 days? Well, I'm going to correct my meal patterns. I'm going to train two times a week. You know, people say that they want to train six times a week, but they're not training at all. You know, you set up for failure if you go, well, I'm going to go do cardio seven days a week. Well, don't do that. How about you just do two, but you do over 52 weeks of the year, right? Yep. So that that's where I think if you have a schedule, like if you have kids um, or if you're, you know, if maybe you have a couple jobs or something like that, um, fit it in with the schedule that you already have. Make those adjustments and then get your environment to start pattering off you. Totally. So you don't change your family right away either because maybe they're, you know, they don't like it or they don't understand it. And, uh, you, you know, you work around them and then you start bringing them into it, right? You cook them the meals as well too and, and don't change their life up because then they'll be negative towards it, I think. Totally. And not to catch you off guard, but what happens when your family is not into it? What do you say to your clients that... You know, they don't approve of all mm. the changes you're making because obviously food is such a big social part of our life. You, you have led them to a subconscious reaction towards yes. any pattern, right? It's not their fault. So what you have to start doing, changing that pattern. Have a drink. No. 
Okay, have a drink. No. That's fine. Like, that's going to take time. Or, you know, the family, if they're, you know, you put down a healthy meal and they go, I don't want it. Okay, that's fine. I don't want it. Eventually, the habit starts to get created. You can't, and people can't get frustrated over what they've created in the past because a lot of people will be like, no, my family doesn't approve. They're not supportive and all that. Well, of course they are. And you haven't been doing that for the last 10 years. Why would they all of a sudden change? Like, Put yourself in the other person's shoes as well. And that's super frustrating because you're trying to take care of yourself. Plus, you're trying to change the minds of other people. Yeah. And now you're in an all-out war. But you've also created that in the previous past, right? So if people do have that, I would tell them to not get frustrated right away. I'd say try to put a positive spin on things. And hell, if you need to, become a little selfish. You know, if your family doesn't want to... And you make your own meal, do it. And if they don't support you, there was something else in the past that happened where they don't feel comfortable with what you're doing. Or just they, they're they not comfortable supporting what you want. And there's a lot of women like that, right? Where they, they're so put themselves out there, do everything for their families, and then all of a sudden once they want to do something, it's like, no, 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 no. They just got to craft it. You got to make that something aware of your family or your friends where they're going to start to understand. When you say no, you mean no. Yeah. And uh, and you might know this as well as I do. You know, relationships can can part ways. Yeah. It can damage families. Not necessarily just with training and nutrition, but the lifestyle. The lifestyle for sure. Yeah. Is that wrong? You know, like it's not, it's not a terrible thing. You're, you're the average of your five closest friends. And maybe you need to start looking at who are your closest friends and be okay with that. Totally. And it doesn't have to be forever. It could just be for that time being to give yourself Mm -hmm. that space to get to where you need to be. And when you're ready, you can definitely come back a little bit because you're going to definitely put on some thicker skin. You're going to be a lot stronger mentally. And I know I've had to do that. And it isn't forever. It's just, it feels like sometimes it is forever, but it's not. Time goes by so fast. And in the end, everyone just wants to be happy. And they do end up missing you at the same time too. Yeah. And you're in a different, you know, there's, I always laugh about even, you know, guys and girls who have uh, drinking buddies, but they'll never have friends. Like those drinking buddies will never be the friends that they take to the gym. Mm-hmm. that you can't actually get into a conversation at the gym the way that you can get in with drinking buddies, right? So if you're changing your pattern of your life where maybe they're not associated with what you want to do now, that's okay. Like You have to understand that it's not a bad thing. It's okay thing to drift away. Let them, you know, because it's different. People change. And then, you know, if you if you do, if they don't support you in what you're trying to do, then really... They're not a true friend, right? Exactly, exactly. And I know for my cousin, he's actually, he used to have the drinking buddies and he's been working with us and now he's actually asking his buddies to come to the gym and enjoy instead of going for a beer after work. And it's actually really cute. I really enjoy that. So you are the man of routine. Yes. Very much so. And you've taught me a lot about a morning routine. What is your morning routine? Well, I think sometimes it's... uh, I always laugh. It's, you know, the old saying of do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Cause you know, even today was chaos. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wake up and <laughs> I wake up and my, my morning routine gets tossed out the window. But, uh, I think, th- I think the biggest thing is 
you have structure in the morning of starting your day off correctly. And I think a lot of people get away from this and I've had a bad, you know, certain days that I have a habit of it, you know, waking up, going directly to my phone, mm-hmm. you know, w- We're within all guilty of that. minutes, yeah. seconds, literally seconds, because you hit the snooze button and then you click and you're like, what's on social media? And, uh, and that creates again, chaos because there's a lot of information coming in, right? And then, you know, all of a sudden you're scrolling and someone shares something that's just, you know, horrific. And now you've started off your day, right? There's a lot of negative news. But daily routine, if you have a structured routine in the morning to uh, benefit yourself in terms of how you're going to present the day in front of you or your intent behind the day, you're going to be much more successful. So not only scheduling out your days in terms of a calendar is important, but your morning routine of taking time out for yourself. You know, the best thing to do when I wake up, you know, one thing is you really should say what you're grateful for, grateful for, right? So if I'm lying there, I say, you know, I'm grateful for my family, my wife, my two dogs, you know, this house. Before they even get up, you're in such a positive mind frame, which the next sentence you speak to them is positive. You know, they wake up and you go, good morning, beautiful. Because you're already in such a mindset that kicks off their day, right? So there's a pattern there. You know, and then I get up and, you know, I I grab a glass of water. I have usually my vitamins. I'll go downstairs. A lot of the times um, I'll go down and do about 45 minutes of cardio. And not only just for cardio purposes, I don't even count as cardio, but it's to read. And I start my day off with exercise. So I'm getting, you know, working, you know, stepping in a little bit more, getting my steps in. But then I'll read something. And that's my time. No one can take that 45 minutes away from me. And I have some type of purpose or some type of uh, um, intent for the rest of the day, like I said. So after I read, I think about, okay, what do I need to accomplish today? And then that routine, that kind of like preparation or meditation, right, sets yourself up for success. And then once you go back upstairs, or once I go back upstairs, and you know, you go out the, the door and there's a world of chaos out there as well too, you're already prepped. You're already fine. Um, and then I always think there's there's one really good video on YouTube. It's of a of a Marine and you know speaking to his college, and he's you know his things make your bed right because that's a big check mark on your day. You've already accomplished something. And then when you come home, even if it's a terrible day, you go into a made bed, right? Totally. So a lot of these things is just check marks. It's just reassurance that you've done something. Intent, right? So drinking a glass of water, waking up, being grateful for stuff, getting my reading in. And that's before like eight, you know, so and then I'm ready for the world. And if things are crazy, then I'm still okay. That's awesome. I saw that video that on YouTube the other day. That is a powerful video. I only saw it on silent because Kev was still sleeping and I was watching it on social media, of course. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm glad I watched that video because it left me with a lot of like feeling good and positive and knowing that it does start with making the bed. And it's because it's so simple. And if everything goes crazy, you come back to a homemade bed that, you know, you know that you still have that control of that day. That big check. Mark. That big check mark. That big check mark. So, what? I don't hear you speak of these too often, but for people to know that you know you are human and whatnot, mm-hmm. what do you do when you have moments of self doubt? Um, I definitely think, like 
I think it's all how you act and react to things, right? I think self-doubt comes, to, you know, to everybody very often. Um, and it's sometimes a good thing, right? Because it gets you a little nervous, gets you a little excited, you know, and will I do it or will I not do it, right? But I think the reality of, of self-doubt is really starting to evaluate the circumstances about what got you there. Why are you in this position? Why is there self-doubt? And understanding you know why yeah why do you have that thought process and uh, for me there's been plenty of times where I think you know how can I do this how can I get over this you know or you get into a dark place and you're like you know can I overcome this and to be honest with you a lot of a lot of it's just like the morning routine I start thinking about things I start thinking about gratitude and, and what I'm fortunate for and and uh, I try to put myself into a positive place. So one thing I'd like to mention is a lot of people when they get into circumstances that they feel negative or self-doubt or anything, they have a reaction which will typically be anything from uh, self-harm which could be anything, you know, um, you know eating, uh, drinking, um, getting upset over their, uh, of their selves or about themselves, um, getting upset at other people because they're frustrated on the inside. What you have to do is, in terms of self-doubt, is start making a subconscious pattern that's new. So every time that you get upset or you have self-doubt, let's say your natural reaction is to eat or to drink mm. or to get upset over somebody. Well, the natural reaction now is what you're going to have to do is crack it. And every time you have self-doubt, you go in the mirror and you say five positive things towards yourself. Or, you know, you watch... Uh, one of my things is watching, you know, it sounds silly, but like even puppies on YouTube. Oh, you know what I mean? Like awesome. the, moment, the moment you see those things, you start laughing and then you really start to understand like, am I, do I have self-doubt? Am I, do, can I do this? And as soon as you get a positive mind frame, it's just, it's so much different, right? So every time that happens, you have to correct it. It's a pattern, right? So you totally. correct it. Self-doubt, pattern, go train. Self-doubt, go train. Self-doubt, eat a salad. Self-doubt, watch puppies on YouTube. <laughs> you know, like there's this big thing. So do I have self-doubt? Yes. But would I say now am I in the point where I think that I can't do something? No, because I am. I do correct it now. And I just try to put myself in a good place. You know when it's coming that you need to do something about it rather yes. than just letting it eat you and eat you for sure. Too many people just sit back and accept it. You know, and if you if you see a lot of people who do have self-doubt over work, um, physical, mental, uh, relationship, they sit there and they dwell on something when they could be spending precious time figuring out how Take to solve action. it. Take action. Yeah, because yeah. whether, you know, there's two directions. You either work on it or you don't, and you're not working on it right now, so you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Exactly. And just, it's kind of like your 90-day plan or you're yeah. looking at what you need to do. So you're always yeah. preparing yourself. Okay, I have this at this date. And then you're yeah. doing breaking it down to weekly, then uh, monthly, or yeah. sorry, weekly, then daily, and then yeah. day hourly. by day, yeah. hourly. Yeah, yeah. Put, put times aside for it, you know, hourly. This is my half hour for meditation, right? So self-doubt, I think there's a lot of people who still do need to work on it though because a lot of people do I think, think it it's oh. just like a muscle for sure because yeah. I literally had to call my my business coach it was like when we came when I came back from BC and I'm like I have all these new 
these new experiences coming where I have to speak on stage and to do this all in front of people and I had been preparing myself but like he's like what have you been doing I've been I'm doing this 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 and he's like and what are you doing weekly what are you doing daily what are you doing hourly he, and like well I'm doing this and this. you're preparing yourself but it's working through those yeah. fears that you yeah. know it is like a muscle and you kind of just go have to pee your pants and like he, what you're saying to me he's so. like uh, yeah a lot of people <laughs> like most of people it's people you can never be you can never be overly prepared obviously right but I think most of the time with when people have big objectives in their lives, they'll never feel prepared enough because you have been through it. Your first time or your second time, you actually can't feel comfortable with something totally. because you haven't experienced it. It's like, you know, you could read all the driving books in the world, but until you get in a car and start driving, you're going to be nervous heading around that first bend. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where sure. you're like in the book, it says turn right and oh my God, here we go. <laughs> and, uh, but but that's the thing is you got to go through it and, and time will always come. There's always going to be times when we have meetings or deadlines yeah. and guess what? It's going to come. Yeah. It's going to pass another. It's going to come another deadline. It's going to pass. And it's just the same reoccurrence. Exactly. And it depends on how you react towards it. Right. Getting comfortable being uncomfortable yes, all exactly. the time. Exactly. Exactly. So my last question for you, I, um, thank you so much again for being here. And then I want to let people know how they could find you for sure. Yep. So what are your three key nuggets that you would want to share with the world? So the things that you've learned along the way, if you had three key nuggets that mean something to you that had done something for you, what can you share to help someone through what their self doubt is or trying mm -hmm. to do a lot more self care, finding their self love, anything? My biggest one that I find that I talk to people most about is being 100% perfect is likely not what you think it is. Being in circum certain circumstances or situations and you acting a certain way may be 100% perfect. And what I mean by that is most people think that they want to go to the gym six times a week and they want to do cardio six times a week and they want to meal prep and they definitely want to go into these meetings as the best that they can be and guess what happens life okay well now you can only train three times and all this stuff and then all of a sudden i have people come back to me and go i know i wanted to be 100 percent perfect this week but i didn't and i was definitely one of those yeah and i go whoa 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 did life just happen yes did you do the best that you could do yes well that's 100 percent perfect so yeah, you were perfect. You know, like the people's imagine, they're always harder on themselves, right? So they imagine this perfect world and they think that's 100%, but it isn't. It's under the circumstances that you're in, you have to be 100% in that. So if you can make it to the gym six, six times in the week, but you can make it three and you killed those three workouts, guess what? That's 100%. You just worked 100%, right? And you have to understand internally about yourself you have to be grateful for that, right? So if you're if if you are 100%, you are putting in the work, but maybe you you have this idea of something else that's perfect. Realizing you're trying your best, you know you did your best, and 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 you're and you're actually putting forth the effort that you are. That's perfect. So don't think that uh, just because you fell off track, or most people think that they fall off track, or they didn't do, or they're not like. Uh, um, on schedule, well, they are because that's what life has given you, right? So you are 100% perfect. 
So I would just be honest with yourselves about um, what you're capable of with the situation that you're in and being realistic in your goals in terms of how long you give yourself. And, um, and the one big thing is I don't think people take time to appreciate what they've achieved. That's so true. Yeah. Yes. And that can go from anything of like, you know, let's say people go in and everybody says they want to, want to lose 10 pounds. Well, what happens when you want to lose 10 pounds? You want to lose 10 pounds more. Mm-hmm. You don't take a break to be like, wow, right? And uh, something that not a lot of people know is recently I did my first powerlifting meet, right? And during that entire time, I you know kept dwindling about this whole thing. And the day that I got there, I did it. I killed it. And in the car, I almost broke down in Brittany because I was like, oh my God, I did it. I did accomplish this. And to some people, that might not seem like a big deal. But to me, that's, an, that's a huge accomplishment. I might never, ever do one again. But now when I talk to people, I can, I can, I'm super excited about it. That's amazing. So Congratulations. When, yeah, thank you. Thank you. But when, when you do something, take the time to appreciate it. You know, and that could be a date. That could be a, a PR, that could be, you know, just getting to the gym, that could be meeting someone new, that could be having a coach, that they say something nice and you sit there and you just, wow, am I ever grateful for this, right? So in terms of understanding 100% perfect, doesn't always mean what you think it is, it's pretty much what life gives you and then you're trying your hardest. And um, and definitely just, that, that would be my biggest one, but this one's also pretty important too right so totally yeah 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 oh thank you for sharing that and honestly you taught me so much of how to be an amazing coach and i'm so lucky to have been under your wings so thank you thank you so how can people find you scott so people can find me instagram's uh usually the best and if you follow my stories you'll probably get a good laugh out of me they're Um, really good (laughs) yeah, yeah i'm not your conventional you know just boring a scientific dude um but it's scott mcclelland m-c-l-e-l-l-a-n-d the number one they can uh um, look me up there and most of my messages too um you inbox me there and that's pretty much how most people get a hold of me i just got to make sure i look at that request button on instagram yeah, which i didn't see know. that oh I, my god and you're like oh shit, yeah i went up in there I, I didn't time. realize it was there for like a year or something like <laughs> i went in there and i started saying sorry to everybody there's people bad mouthing me that i never got back to <laughs> them and i'm like i'm like oh god bless them. that's <laughs> yeah. a big learning curve. yeah oh, yeah but sure. instagram's usually the best way so oh perfect well thank you so much for being here with me today scott and we'll talk to you soon thank you Love the episode of the Relive and Rise podcast? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is really appreciated. If you would love to connect with us, head over to reliveandrise.com and don't forget to sign up for our newsletter for more free materials. See you on the next episode.